I will give you cowboy Yeah, Under Rosa, fire thunder driver in the thumbtacks! I am the devil himself! All I drink is blood! That's right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This Week in Review, AEW edition. We are talking about AEW Rampage. We are talking about AEW Dynamite. We are talking about AEW Battle of the Belts. We're going to get into everything and everything that happened this week. Everything and everything. Everything and everything that happened this week in Dynamite. But you heard it. A new intro. I'm not sure I really like it, but you know what? We needed something new here. There's been a lot of new changes, new things going on in AEW, and we have got to keep up with it here on the unofficial WWE podcast. So, guys, let's just get right into it. Before we uh, start talking Dynamite, let's talk about real quick, quick plugs, 99 cents a month, guys, on Patreon. We are just, if you look up the WWE podcast or patreon.com slash WWE podcast or we're on Apple iTunes, you can get that ad free as well. Subscribe to us and you get this whole shenanigans without a single flipping ad. It's worth it, 100%. I'm subscribed on Patreon because why not? That's how much I appreciate this podcast. Um, we got a bunch of awesome other shows like a SmackDown review. If you watch WWE as well as AEW, or if you even don't and you just want to hear what's going on and continue to stay up to date, Raw review, we have a Weekend review, we have an NXT review, we have it all here. So make sure you're subscribed here and make sure you're subscribed, whether it's on Patreon, whatever you need to do with your life to make yourself happy, do it. Uh, all right, with all that being said, guys, now let's just get into this week because there's so much to talk about. And you know what? I want to start off with Dynamite because I want to start off with that opening match that I just adored. Uh, in case you guys hear any background noise here, we are recording in a remote location. I am um, currently charging a car that I'm, I'm borrowing right now because my truck is kaputs, sadly but surely. Just another thing to throw on top of this wonderful thing that is life right now that is so unbelievably busy, but... That is not why you guys uh, tuned into this podcast. We are here to talk wrestling. So let's get into it. CM Punk versus Penta Oscuro, otherwise known as just Penta. Uh, yeah, this, this, I've heard back and forths about this, guys, but I really like this. That before the match even started, so there's, this is like Rock Hulk Hogan, and I'm not saying it's nearly on that level, but. Rock Hulk Hogan stuff, but it's the before they even touch when you get the chance. So this is awesome chance, the dueling chance back and forth. It is something special to behold. And so I absolutely noticed that. Um, CM Punk uh, wearing the trunks, I'm always going to be happy about that. And there was a competitive back and forth to this. It was not your typical... I don't know. I, I can get, you know, the formula works, but I can get bored of it sometimes of, you know, the heat spot and all that. But when, when you kind of have an in-betweener like Penta and, and, and Punk can even play an in-betweener too. Obviously, we saw him in Long Island. But uh, when you have two guys that are more on the babyface side, it's it's kind of hard to have a heat sequence. So I really enjoyed the back and forth of this match. Uh, the the uh, teases, that's the word I'm looking for, the teases of the... Um, Canadian Destroyer on the uh, apron were almost better than the actual Canadian Destroyer on the apron. I don't know about you guys. I, I did not need to see that from uh, CM Punk. That I, I love the guy. I don't want him to get injured. Not that Penta is not one of the ugliest, uh, ugliest, I'm sorry. Not that Penta is one of the safest workers uh, out there, but I just, I just, I, it's, it's too risky for me. So I save it for a bigger moment at the very least because that looked like it's, that looks like it sucks to take. 
Um, so I really enjoyed that. And then the slip. I thought the slip, whether, you know what? I've heard some people say they thought it was real. They thought it was supposed to happen. And I've heard some people say that they thought it was like an actual botch. Whatever it was, it was really good because it really, CM Punk is, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, and I think I've said it on this show before. CM Punk is the best seller in professional wrestling right now. He is so smart at not only selling from matches previous, but he doesn't overdo it. It's like, it's not Dolph Ziggler or um, we're going to talk about Battle, excuse me, not Battle of the Belts, Rampage later on and, and how I felt about some of the selling on that show. But yeah, I, I, he just does such a good job at making it feel realistic where he has to like shake some life into it. And, and where he, he if, if this was not planned, which it seems like it wasn't, and they called it all on the fly. I was unbelievably impressed with that. So, uh, yeah, he really, and the Huracarana not looking perfect, I thought was really special too. Just like the, the, the overall continuous selling of the knee that I can't do everything the way I should have done or I can do all the time was really special to me in this because... I don't know, you guys, like, we just don't see the selling that CM Punk was doing in this match anymore. Uh, and then, obviously, the finish, the catch was really incredible. The catch of Penta, who was going for a midair crossbody or something. It looked like he was actually doing a move, not just, like, one of those jump-up fake things, which, you know, you get drop-kicked or kicked or whatever. We're going to talk about that later, too, an awesome, even better spot of this later on. But, um, you know, we'll go to that match next, but... Yeah, I thought the midair catch, and CM Punk is so much stronger than I feel like I remember. I don't give him enough credit for the strength that he has, but to, to catch a guy like Penta like that and in that position and then hit him with the GTH, awesome, awesome way to start off my week of AEW. Really love this match all around. No complaints. Um, yeah, I was going to say maybe it was a little slow at points, but realistically, guys, no complaints. Um so yeah, let's go over to uh, let's go over to the main event of Rampage because I was just thinking about that now, and let's talk about Hangman Adam Page versus Adam Cole because what the heck, you guys? These Texas Death Matches always hit, and uh, you guys know I've had some problems with Lance Archer in the past, but this was got to be one of my favorite ones, and it's really because there's a certain I will say Adam Cole did not make my best bleeders club. He did not make the best Bleeders Club, but that's all right. And I'm happy only one of them did bleed because I felt like it would have been a little excessive with what, uh, you know, we had Wheeler, Wheeler Yuta, excuse me, bleeding earlier. Uh, earlier, I think it was last week. Am I mixing up my weeks now? Uh, anyways, my point being is I thought they did just enough blood, just enough gruel, and, and, and just enough chaos in this match. It was It was not overdone. It was perfect. And then the ending happened, and then we'll talk about that. But this this match had one of my favorite bumps that people take, and I, and maybe I'm just sick, you guys. But that chair bump, where they turn the chairs, where they're facing like the two backs are together. You guys know what I'm talking about. You saw the match. Oh, oh, it just I feel it in my bones. I feel it now, just thinking about it. Oh my gosh! I and Adam Cole just seems to love to take that freaking bump. I I will never forget the bump he took against Aleister Black in some unsanctioned no DQ match or whatever it was, back in NXT. He did it again here. It just looks awful, and I still feel it from watching it uh, earlier this morning. So, yeah, and, and then the ending of the match. There were so many other spots to this. Uh, I thought the the chain spot was really cool. The clo- that literal clothesline with the chain, obviously the chair being thrown into Adam Cole's skull. Uh, you know, you guys know how I feel about them going into the crowd, but I know why they have to do it. So, uh, and then most of all, guys, that finishing sequence where 
Hangman and excuse me, Hangman Adam Page has to have like a little inner self dialogue. Like I'm not this guy. I I can't like tie this guy up, have him be helpless, and hit him with the steel chair with barbed wire on it. Like that's a reasonable thought to have if you're a good human being. So I I really I thought that was really great and where he unties him. And then of course Adam Cole, the absolute wad that he is, just gets him right in the nuts. Uh, and though the real finish to this match on the apron. Hangman Adam Page, like, this, like, again, Adam Cole pushes him to his limit, right? He, he, he's like, ah, oh, Adam Cole doesn't deserve this. He doesn't deserve something this bad. Adam Cole kicks him in the nuts. Okay, yep, yep, he, he absolutely deserves something this bad. And he wraps the barbed wire around his head and then hits him with a dead eye through the table. It, the bump, I, I like, felt Adam Cole's neck, his head. I just was like, oh, my God, is that guy okay? And it seems like from all reports, everybody is okay. But you got to trust the other man across the ring from you with your entire life in that moment. I mean, oh my God, what a scary, scary thing to watch. And you know, guys, I was a little bit down on this feud for a little while. It just wasn't really doing it for me after, you know, I don't know. It just wasn't really doing it for me because it felt like the belt stealing stuff was cheesy and, and kind of tropey and not in a good way at all. And uh, and this feud kind of felt like it died out a little bit. I don't know. Anything with Kyle O'Reilly for me seems to like drag and drain a little bit it just seems to be his specialty again I don't mean to drag Kyle O'Reilly wow that was harsh but uh it is that's just how I feel and that's that's a subjective point of view but uh this match itself I mean overall guys I I I I give this an A plus without a doubt um the violence was just enough. The blood was just enough. The, the the I mean, the violence was more than just enough considering, but not too much in a way where it just felt grabby. And, you know, this is one of those matches where it can be spot festy, where you literally go from one spot to the other. If I were to say anything, anything at all to make it a little bit better, I always point back to this match. You guys, if you've listened to my podcast before, you've definitely heard me make a mention to this. Uh, but it's the Raquel Gonzalez, uh, Rhea Ripley, Falls Count Anywhere match fall, or, or Last Woman Standing or something, whatever it was. And it was such a random match, but it was on NXT, and I just used it as an example because they went, they did such a good job of going from spot to spot and making it look so smooth, where this maybe wasn't as smooth, but it really didn't have any problems for the most part. It just, it was, it was what it was. It was a violent spot fest, and I will, um, I will take that with enjoyment any day of the week, so... All right, let's move on over to the beginning of Rampage. Let's just cover Rampage while we're here and talk about the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Gun Club. I didn't love this, you guys. I, I, I What I will say and my favorite part about this entire match were the wheeler Yuta chants. Uh, what a great, incredible job at crowd psychology, being able to just manipulate the crowd. And um, John Moxley and Brian Danielson have been doing this for weeks and weeks and weeks now. In order to make sure that these chants were happening. Um, yeah, when uh, when Wheeler Yuta started off the match and he was getting Wheeler Yuta or Yuta chants, it was just energetic and fun, and I just felt good about. I just felt good for you, Wheeler Yuta. I was like happy for the guy. Uh, for the most part, uh, Billy Gunn looks uh, incredible. I will say that he's not my favorite fifty-plus wrestler. That's actually Dustin Rhodes, and we're going to talk about him real quick as well. But yeah, I, I think that Billy Gunn. The ending of this match with Wheeler Yuta and Billy Gunn, uh, with Wheeler Yuta getting a, a dominated briefly and then getting a roll-up pinfall, my only problem with that is it, it made sense to me, right? Because Billy Gunn is this huge dude, and I appreciate the logic and the fact that Wheeler Yuta is not a huge dude. So how is he going to beat the huge dude is like technical skill. However, 
the Blackpool Combat Club are about kicking the crap out of people. And who better to kick the crap out of for the crowd to pop for than the gun club? And, uh, you know, really, literally, think about their nickname, which I'm not going to say because I think I already swore on this podcast. Uh, but think about their nickname. You could have kicked their heads in. There just wasn't enough violence in this for me. Like, you had so much violence later on in the night, and I just felt like it was a whole... The, the Blackpool Combat Club can do their violence, whether or not you're having an extreme rules match any other night of the week or any on the same exact show because there's so it's just a different kind of violence and I was kind of disappointed with uh with the amount of violence that we got here I'm not gonna lie to you guys I, I just thought the roll-up pins seemed a little bit funny when you're talking about adding a new guy to your club because he's so ultra violent and can and can take and handle so much pain or punishment I, I don't it just wasn't for me but uh, and then we had the women's match, uh, which was Ruby Soho versus Robin Renegade. I like what they did here. I thought it was, I thought it looked like they actually put a little effort into the booking of this match. And so all the credit in the world, Ruby Soho did not look awful. I thought she looked fairly good, actually. And I've had my problems with Ruby Soho. But the way that um, Robin Renegade, I, I thought this was going to be a glorified squash match. And it was much more beyond that. So I really enjoyed this, like solid B plus for me. Um, or BB plus and then we had the butcher versus uh, I forget the guy's name but uh, it was a good match the, the the butcher it was a good squash match there's an art to squash matches and the the butcher definitely did a good job in that one so uh, we also on this show or it was battle of the belts I forget we did get a quick Dustin Rhodes promo where he challenged CM Punk and I just want to say before we move on here that Dustin Rhodes is my favorite over 50 wrestler I think he does. Uh, I think he does the best job at disguising the weaknesses, and I think he's still he really is the natural. Like I, I never gave Dustin Rhodes enough credit before AEW, uh, but he the man is a super talented wrestler. So I really, really um, am looking forward to that match. CM Punk obviously it's just going to be a respectful exhibition, and uh, and I think that's awesome. So. All right, guys, we are going to talk about Battle of the Belts a little bit here, and we'll get back to Dynamite as well. Uh, but before I forget to mention, I want to hear all of your guys' thoughts on all of these. Uh, this show, the next show, excuse this show, the next show. This week, next week's shows, all of it. You can follow me on the Twitter at Mimi Burris, M-I-M-I-B-U-R-R-I-S. And, uh, and I love talking to you guys about all this stuff. So please follow or just at least tweet me what your guys' thoughts about Dynamite, Battle of the Belts, Rampage. Or just uh, or just anything WWE even I I still I still I still take a glance over and tune in every now and then I know what's going on with some of the stuff so I, I just love talking wrestling with you guys so I did want to quickly mention that and now let's let's talk about Battle of the Belts I mean the best place for me here to start is the main event because these two women put on a show I thought this match was awesome yes was it a little bit botchy here and there yeah. But, I mean, Thunder Rosa never disappoints lately. And then Nyla Rose, who has just been, like, such a great hand to have. I, I really feel like I feel like we could put the belt on Nyla Rose again. Like, really, realistically, in this match, you could have had Thunder Rosa have such a short title reign. And you could have had the belt on Thunder, excuse me, on Nyla Rose. And I wouldn't have been disappointed because what Nyla Rose is able to do in the ring lately is just incredible. Yeah, her hair was getting in her face a lot. But the face paint looked awesome. And her hair looked awesome, too. So, I really, really like this match. Um... This was definitely main event worthy, and I really feel like you guys have heard me say before on this show, I I think the main event gets a bad rap in AEW. I just don't think that um, I don't think that they treat it well enough as the main event. But um, this this definitely warranted the the top spot on the card. So 
Uh, there was really an awesome spot where Nyla Rose was going to hit a power bomb on the apron, and that looked awesome. Uh, that, and ever since, obviously, the story of this match was the lower back of uh, poor Thunder Rosa, who was just getting dominated. Uh, but yeah, the countering of another power bomb with a code red looked amazing. What a near fall! And then Thunder Rosa eventually getting the win. This was this was exactly what it needed to be. The build sucked, except for the um, the only thing I love is more than whatever she said. The only thing I love more than cake is violence. Or it's the jokes on you. I love cake and violence. Like that that was awesome. Uh, Nyla Rose is such a uh, just such a good one-liner as always. Like I will never forget the surprise, bitch. Uh, just really, really wonderful stuff from Nyla Rose as always. So the other matches we had on the card here were the obviously the beginning match, Scorpio Sky versus Sammy Guevara, and the match Jonathan Gresham versus Dalton Castle for the Ring of Honor World Championship. And I think guys having Ring of Honor and having like this Battle of the Belts thing, I I'm surprised they only did one Ring of Honor title. I think maybe FTR should have done another defense or something. Because putting Ring of Honor on the Battle of the Belts is such a perfect introduction of people who are not as familiar with Ring of Honor to, to just the Ring of Honor stars. Because Battle of the Belts is obviously not getting the ratings that Dynamite is getting. However, I thought this match was a really good change of pace, a technical wrestling match for the most part. Some of the spots were a little bit cheesy. The the continuous missing in the corner I thought was a little bit too like I too too much suspension of disbelief for me. And the rolling around on the mat uh, with all the pinfalls can work sometimes, but I don't know. They had already kind of lost me at that spot, so I wasn't happy with that. But uh, the ending of the match with uh, again again we're seeing more Jay Lethal come out. You guys know how I feel about Jay Lethal. However, um, having him come out with, uh, excuse me, and then having Samoa Joe come out to make the save, obviously, f from the beatdown. And uh, I guess that leads us into Dynamite. That We'll talk more about that, uh, the ending of Dynamite, after we talk about this uh, opening match between Scorpio Sky and Sammy Guevara. So stay tuned for that. But, yeah, Scorpio Sky versus Sammy Guevara, finally. Finally, it seems like they're listening, you guys, because Sammy Guevara, although he wrestles with such an amazing babyface fire, I have to say, like, Sammy Guevara right away is getting chance of let's go Sammy and Sammy sucks chance. And so they're listening because the ending of this match was Sammy Guevara hitting a low blow and getting the GTH after the distraction on the outside. I mean, the rest of this match was awesome. This was super, like, exactly what you'd expect from a Sammy Guevara-Scorpio Sky match. I, nothing to complain about that. And I'm really happy that they listened uh, to the crowd. And it seems like Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti are turning heel. Because let's, let's call a spade a spade, guys, right? Like, I feel like no matter where you are in life, you see a super attractive guy. Sammy Guevara is a good-looking guy. And, a, like, we can all agree that Ty Conti is an amazing-looking woman. And you have the two of them, this hot, young, attractive couple, like, yes, we're happy for them. The good parts of us, our higher selves are happy for them. But it's so much easier to be a heel. And um, very Ms. Maurice vibes, but a lot younger, you know, rubbing it in our faces with the kiss on the top of the uh, ramp and, and, and everything in between. So uh, I thought that this was a perfect change of pace for the Sammy Guevara character, I guess, or, uh, you know, persona on television and obviously on social media and stuff like that and so it seems like we're going a slow heel turn not even slow just a heel turn with Sammy Guevara now and uh he's our new TNT champion so it sounds like we're going to get some baby face challengers uh real quick I, I think Miro returning would be a great match do that rematch except if, if you're going to have Miro back I want him winning so maybe we don't jump right into that match 
I, I would love to hear who you guys want to be the next TNT champion. I think you should put it on somebody in the Blackpool Combat Club. Wheel of Yuta already has a title. Maybe you put the tag team title belts on John Moxley and, and Brian Danielson. So maybe you give it to somebody else. I think um, Jungle Boy is due for a TNT title reign. I think you could do somebody in a tag team too, like even a Kyle O'Reilly or a Bobby Fish. I, I'm really open to that. Um, and MJF is definitely due for a title reign as well. So I could see that happening as well. Uh, maybe even Eddie Kingston. It's it's about time Eddie Kingston had a title around his waist. The guy is so over and is doing such a good job in his role. So what a perfect transition, though, into let's talk about Dynamite. And let's talk about that trios match. Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz versus the Jericho Appreciation Society. Jericho, Hager, and Daniel Garcia. I thought they were going to do Jericho and... Um, 2.0, or I, I keep forgetting their new names. Um, cool Hand Ange is the only thing I can remember, and uh, Matt Menard. Yeah, I mean, in the beginning of the show, with them appearing at the airport and then having their shoes stolen, that was wonderful. That was just a great callback to the John Moxley, Eddie Kingston stuff. It's some of my favorite, some of my favorite parts of the feud with uh, the Young Bucks. I really, really thought that was just wonderful. Uh, but then we had this whole match itself, and, and honestly. I don't know. It, it just uh, the finish for the match was great. I thought the finish of the match, Jericho hitting uh, Eddie Kingston, I think it was, in the, with the bat, and then getting a beat down. I'm just, I guess I'm at the point where I'm like, who are the next two guys who are going to help? Because this is five on three, the numbers game. Who do you guys think is going to come out? What do you think it's going to be? Darby Allen and Sting. I could definitely see that happening. Uh, Sting, my second favorite wrestler over fifty. Uh, but yeah, I'm ready to see um, who's going to be the next guys to help uh, help the number games here or help the numbers game here. I just felt like this should have felt like a bigger deal, and it didn't. Maybe we're going to run back the Eddie Kingston Chris Jericho match again. Uh, I'm excited for the match between Daniel Garcia and Eddie Kingston way more than that. So um, I'd also want to see Eddie Kingston versus Jake Hager. I mean, Jake Hager looks huge, big. Give Eddie Kingston some more wins under his belt, and like I said, get him into that TNT title reign. Uh, I think that would be awesome. So. All right, Captain Sheen, Sheen, Captain Sheen, oh my gosh, Captain Sean Dean versus MJF. This was probably the highlight of the show for me, guys, because this whole Wardlow thing is so over. Um, MJF absolutely dominating Sean Dean in the beginning, and then obviously we had what we thought was going to happen, and I did call it last week, uh, camera catching security, just getting absolutely beaten up, and we're already beaten up backstage. And then one of the guys had a shirt off, and I was laughing about it, and now we see why, because... You could kind of tell the minute MJF, it was a little predictable, but predictable is not always bad, guys, but MJF outside the ring, and then Wardlow appearing behind him, just absolutely beating the crap out of all the security guards once again, and then, yeah, Sean Dean getting another victory by countout this time. The only thing I would have changed in this whole thing, because Wardlow was so over, and him yelling into the camera and throwing the camera down was awesome. And, and, like, I want to be live for this. It's just such a good time, it seems like, to just be a part of this whole Wardlow um, vengeance tour, really. And now he's facing the Butcher next week. I'm, I'm so excited for that match. Uh, two just giant guys beating each other up. It's going to be great. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think the only thing I would have changed is why, why is Sean Dean celebrating a count-out victory so much? I just would have rather had him be, like, a little more like, oh, okay, I won. Well, like, at least it's a victory. But, you know, he is the baby face. I don't think he wants to win by countout. So, but, yeah, that was definitely the highlight of the show for me. Uh, another highlight, though, was the AEW Tag Team Championship match. It was Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon. Surprisingly enough, I thought this was going to end the show, and it did not uh, because we had what we had at the end of the show. But, um I thought this match, the crowd was much more into this match than I was, but the crowd was 
hot. Once again, another huge, awesome dynamite crowd. The This Is Awesome chance, the dueling chance back and forth right off the back. Uh, excuse me, not dueling chance, just the Luchasaurus chance, just the intensity uh, of the whole uh, aura of the behind the match was awesome, and I think it really helped it because I don't know. There were a few spots here that just I I, I just thought that this I thought that this could have been better, and it wasn't. Uh, I, I sometimes matches are just missing a certain je ne sais quoi, for lack of a better term. I don't know why I said it like that, but yeah, some matches are just missing something, and you can't always put your finger on it, and that's kind of how I felt about this match. However, maybe it's just the fact that. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus have just like not felt like the center of the tag team division. That probably plays a part in it big time. So, uh, but yeah, I think the um, the tag team division in AEW is great. And then obviously Luchasaurus and uh, Jungle Boy getting the victory, uh, Jurassic Express winning and retaining the tag team titles. I'm kind of ready for them to lose these, and I would have been okay with the title change here. But you kind of knew it wasn't coming when it was a second match on the card. So. Uh, but yeah, afterwards, FTR confronting Red Dragon. And uh, I'd like to see that match, but it was just a little bit funny. Like, cool, you're confronting the losers, though. What, are they going to get a Ring of Honor tag team title shot after they just lost a tag team title shot that they didn't deserve in the first place? Just seems a little bit like uh, not caring about the rankings to me. So uh, we had Marina Shafir versus Sky Blue. Not much to talk about there. I, I thought the crowd really wasn't into it, and neither was I. Marina Shafir doesn't look like a big deal at all to me. I know I heard a couple of you guys say that uh, she she looked awesome or she looked great. I just I didn't it didn't do it for me. Maybe it was the lack of noise from the crowd. But then we got the match: Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus Team Taz. And yes, although botchy guys, I actually enjoyed this match uh, more than the latter other tag team match on the show. There's something about Will Hobbs, you guys. Don't get me wrong. Ricky Starks and the pop he got in New Orleans. It almost, you know, call me cheesy, but it almost made me emotional. Uh, I, I felt so. I felt for the guy. I just felt like he deserved it. You know, he almost was scared. He had a huge career scare, breaking his neck. You, you know, some people don't come back from that. And uh, for him to be able to wrestle in his hometown, especially a place like New Orleans that got hit with Hurricane Katrina, uh, I thought was just a really magical moment. So, and yeah, there's something about Powerhouse Hobbs and Keith Lee and. Uh, and then the backflip off of Keith Lee from Swerve Strickland was awesome. I think a great tag team here in excuse me, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. I think keep these guys together. They've got something magical going on here. And I think you could even put the title belts on Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs at one point too. I think um, I think both these guys, all four of these guys really fit the mold of tag team wrestling. And they really did a great job. I also think that all four of these guys have good chemistry, although, like I said, it was a little bit botchy here and there, but it kind of comes along with the territory of a Swerve Strickland match, and you almost can just look past it because of the amazing stuff that this guy can do. So, yeah, this was great. And um, and last but not least, guys, let's talk about the main event, which was the Ring of Honor World Television Championship match, Samoa's, excuse me, Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki. And, like... Let's talk about the match first, and then we can get into the post-match. Because the match itself was just awesome. It was a chop fest. I think it went a little bit longer than it needed to. I didn't need all the actual wrestling, really, which sounds kind of messed up. But um, the one thing I will say is, is, I don't know if any of you have ever heard the expression, or not the expression, but just like the old wrestling term that you don't work a leg in more than one match on the same show. And uh, I'd say the same thing goes for this match. If you don't do the chop fest and the punching back and forth like they did in the opening match that this uh, in the in the main event as well, I thought it looked it just it 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 stops the whole suspension of disbelief part of this whole thing. So, 
but however, it still was awesome to see these guys just beat the crap out of each other in the beginning of the match. And Minoru Suzuki is just awesome. Uh, obviously, Samoa Joe hitting the muscle buster, getting the victory against, uh, excuse me, Minoru Suzuki, who was clearly just a transitional champion. So we could have this awesome match on the main event of uh, Dynamite. But then after the lights go out and we're like, okay, oh my God, is it going to be Cesaro? Is it going to be somebody we all know? And and it, it's the former NBA player. I'm going to mess up his name. Satnam Singh is I think how you pronounce it. Uh, right away, not a single, like like crickets in the crowds, uh, in the crowds, in the singular crowd. Um, Lethal and uh, Dot are out there as well. However, you just, you kind of can't debut somebody. And, and AEW has done this before with the Dark Order is a really good example. You kind of can't debut somebody. Yes, the guy's a big guy, and I know why they did it, because they're trying to get over in India as well. And you can understand the marketing pur- purposes, but you don't ever want to put that. That's like a WWE thing to put that ahead of the uh, ahead of the show. So I just think uh, the, the quality of the show is my point. I just think that this lacked a lot. Um, I, I do like the new gimmick of of uh, both Jay Lethal, excuse me, Jay Lethal having Dutt and uh, Satnam Singh behind him. I think that's a great thing to do. You can always use a heavy. A heavy is always a good thing. But um, and he might become a star one day. But it just was not a great. Uh, it wasn't a great debut for the guy, and it wasn't his fault. He was up against so much. How, like, how, are, how is anybody supposed to react to that? I don't know what Tony Khan was thinking. Um, but the bruised chests of both guys looked awesome. The actual match itself was great. I just thought the actual ending to Dynamite was not awesome. However, I thought it worked better on Battle of the Belts, but you kind of still botched this whole thing uh, on Dynamite. So. All right, guys, with all that being said, this was uh, the Dynamite weekly wrap-up thing that I still don't... I guess we're just calling it that. Uh, the weekly wrap-up from a remote location charging a car. So uh, a little bit different this week, at least for me. And I hope you guys have a great rest, rest of your week, excuse me. And you have a great uh, a great time watching Dynamite next week because we have a stacked card coming up uh, with especially that Darby Allen coffin match. That's going to be exciting against Andrade. A whole lot to look forward to. CM Punk and Dustin Rhodes. We've got Eddie Kingston, Daniel Garcia. Uh, Britt Baker is back next week, guys. I am pumped. I missed I missed my Britt Baker on AEW television. So I got a lot to look forward to. I know you guys do too. And I will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.